Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Berglund Report. I'm your host, Carl Berglund, and this is the view from my saddle. Happy Independence Day, year of our Lord 2020, and the independence of the United States of America, the 244th. The independence of the United States of America. What does that mean? Well, arguably, we are still independent from Great Britain. There are a whole herd of us, however, that are not very independent today. For instance, in the last few months, 40-some million of us got rendered very dependent on government. We got run out of our jobs, our livelihoods, our businesses have been destroyed, all at the behest of our government. This government that is supposed to protect our lives, liberty, and property. But wait, it was a pandemic. I will argue that it wasn't so much a pandemic as it was a damn panic. Now we can go back and forth for hours on whether or not it's more dangerous than the flu. Over 100,000 people have died. Well, thousands of people have died not directly related to the COVID. Thousands of people are gonna die after this COVID is not a thing anymore. And I will tell you, at the risk of sounding callous, the fact that we have a virus running around amongst us is absolutely no warrant to destroy the lives, liberty, and property of the citizenry at large, which is precisely what this government has decided to do. This is unconscionable, absolutely unconscionable, warrantless, totally unconstitutional. How is it unconstitutional? We have to obey the government. Well. What's the government supposed to do? The government's supposed to do whatever the Constitution says it can do. And the Constitution never gave any government official any authority to shut down a business unilaterally to cause citizens to wear masks. They simply do not have the authority. Well, how do you know? Well, because I can read. The Constitution, when it was drafted, was written in plain 8th grade English. And I flatter myself that I have somewhat better than an 8th grade education and considerably better than an 8th grade reading comprehension skill. So do most of you. And yet we've been hoodwinked into believing that somehow we need somebody with a black robe that has a JD to interpret 8th grade English for us. It's patently ridiculous. That's liberty trouncing. We live in a constitutional republic. For goodness sake, we don't live in an oligarchy. We're not supposed to live in an oligarchy. We don't live in a democracy, regardless of what the Democrats and some squishy, mealy-mouthed Republicans have you believe. The fact is, we do live in a republic. What is a republic anyway? A republic is a government that has a separation of powers, very distinct separation of powers. You can get that in the Federalist Papers, number 9, 47, 28, and 76. Separation of powers. That means the legislature makes law, 
the executive enforces the law, and the judge rules whether the law has been followed. Well, I got news for you. There's no authority at all in the Constitution for judges to make new law or create new rights. There is no authority in the Constitution for a judge to loosen the restrictions on the government. There is no warrant in the Constitution at all for any legislator by a majority vote or group of legislators by majority vote to loosen the restrictions on the government that we, the people, placed on it by the Constitution. Well, the Constitution's just a guideline, more or less, right? No, people, the Constitution is a prison. The Constitution is a prison that we built for the government because we knew that the government was made by people, and people tend toward evil. They tend to try to rule over their fellow man. The founders understood that. So they drafted a Constitution that gave specific, limited authority to the government. And we were supposed to be the watchdogs to make sure that they didn't transgress it. And somehow we're allowing them to convince us that they can release, reduce, or completely do away with all of the restrictions we placed on them. And then all they have to do is say, oh, that was constitutional. And you get an attorney general that says it was constitutional and we're supposed to believe it. Man, I can read eighth grade English. Not only is it supposed to have separation of powers, but it's supposed to be governed, have officers governing during a term of limited time and or during good behavior. During good behavior. So Federalist Paper number 9 and number 39, if you go read those, you'll find that the people that drafted this Constitution actually thought good behavior, one of the uh, markers of good behavior was adherence to fidelity to the Constitution. I challenge you to find a guy wearing a black robe right now that has any fidelity to the Constitution whatsoever. Maybe two. Maybe two. The Republic also acknowledges that the power resides originally in the people, right? So the people got together, created a Constitution, put limits on the government, and then delegated specific and limited authority to the government. This far you may go and no further. That is it. And a, fed, a republic actually acknowledges the right of the people to alter or abolish the government whenever it becomes destructive toward the ends for which it was instituted. You can find that in Federalist Paper number 88. It prohibits a further grant of entitlement or nobility. Federalist Paper number 84. People, we have completely lost our way. We've lost our way because we've forgotten to read. We have way less than an eighth grade education. And we just refuse to read. Our attention span is lower than that of a, a gnat, ground squirrel. If it's longer than a 90-second sound bite, we can't digest it. We certainly can't read the Federalist Papers anymore. So, we've allowed ourselves to be hoodwinked. We don't understand what a constitution is. We let people argue us into this ridiculous notion that it's just a guideline. And we don't even remember what law is supposed to be for. Law is supposed to protect the life, liberty, and property of its citizens. It says so right there in the Declaration of Independence. And that whenever any government becomes destructive of those ends, it's the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Right now we have a population of 330-some million folks 
with a runaway rogue government from Washington, D.C. down to the any city that you want to name that is completely trampling on the rights of the citizens. They don't understand that it's their job to protect the life, liberty, and property of their citizens. They think it's actually their job to mold society. We have a bunch of social engineers here instead of legislators that are protecting us. And, and it's absolutely beyond belief. So Mr. Bastia in 1850 wrote in his book, The Law, they started out the very introduction of his book. He said, the law, exclamation point, and the law perverted. The law perverted. And the police powers of the state perverted along with it. Not only turned from its proper purpose, but made to follow an entirely contrary purpose. It become the weapon of every kind of greed, and instead of checking crime, guilty itself of the evils it was supposed to punish. He goes on to say that life is a gift from God, and we can't maintain life all by itself, but we have to use the faculties that God has given us and apply it to the natural resources that he's placed around us to produce products and use them, and that process is necessary in order to, that life might run its appointed course. Life faculties and production, in other words, individuality, liberty, and property, that is man. And in spite of the cunning of artful political leaders, these three gifts from God precede all human legislation and are superior to it. Life, liberty, and property do not exist because men have made laws. On the contrary, it was the fact that life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that caused men to make laws in the first place. Our founders said something similar in the Declaration of Independence. As a matter of fact, that's where Mr. Mr. Bastia got it. They said that they said to, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. They first said before that that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. So get this, folks. Rights don't come from the government. Rights don't come from law. Law derives from us having rights that were given to us by God. And any law that is contrary to those basic precepts is null and void on its face. It is not law. It is tyranny. Well, I want you to contemplate that as you're having your hamburgers, your steaks, and your beer this afternoon. Where are we in the 244th year of the independence of the United States of America? I think we're in a bind. I think by reason of this and the fact that in of the 330 million people that we have inhabiting these several states, that there is absolutely no line of demarcation whereby we can identify ourselves as one people. That should also be very, very straightly considered. And the fact that we cannot consider ourselves one people should lead us to discuss whether or not we have reached a point in human events when it has become necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands that have connected them with another. If we're not one people, there's no reason for us to have the same government. There are those within these states that will not have it until they can micromanage everything in everyone's life from cradle to grave. They're that thought process, along with it, carries with it the presumption that 
you are owned. The, your labor is not your own. It belongs to the state. It belongs to the collective. And then there are those of us that absolutely reject that notion and believe that our labor, along with our life, is a gift of God. These two thought processes and worldviews cannot coexist peacefully. It is impossible. And there soon will come a breaking off, a dividing. It remains for us, between this time and that, to have grown-up conversations between grown-up people about how best to do this to protect the life, liberty, and property of the citizens of these several states. It's going to happen. It's going to happen nicer. It's going to happen nasty, or maybe somewhere in between. I'd rather it be nice. It won't happen nice if we just sit back and let it happen. Think about that. That's all the time we have today. Until next week, I'm Carl Berglund, and that's the view from my saddle. God bless you. Enjoy that steak.